Welcome back to the One Take Wonder podcast with the Hot Weird Girl. I'm the Hot Weird Girl in question, Alexia, and new episodes of this podcast come out every Monday, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Now, this is the point where you say, girl, it is February 27th, that is a Tuesday, and my response to that, and my response to the people who are quite active in my DMs, understandably so, this is an amazing podcast, I'm glad you love it so much. However, I did want to give the disclaimer that this episode is a day late because I am having some medical issues right now. Um, Back in January, I shared that I had surgery and yeah, the healing from that has just not been great. Been quite sick, actually. Um, So last night I went to Club ER and from all the fun I had there, you can tell that people are definitely dying to get in between the beeping of the monitors and McDreamy running around and assessing my temperature and also my vitals you're in great shape by the way not to flex but yeah um it was a lovely time but it did prevent me from recording this podcast so now we're getting into this week's topic i think we should keep the internet an aspirational space but first a message from our sponsor i'm i don't have a sponsor but i do want to talk about the fact that the longer you go without kissing a boy the closer you get to human flight i've actually been dying to talk about this my whole life so i have jumped out of trees pretty much every year that i've been alive um i've also jumped off a bridge i made my friends jump off a bridge and then i learned something very crucial about myself i guess i should start from the beginning When I was graduating college, the undergrad institution that I went to had a tradition that students would jump off a bridge at this local dam. We didn't jump off the dam itself, but like into the dam waters, if that makes sense. So I get up there with my three best friends after peer pressuring them. This was all completely my idea. And I say, we have to do it. We're going to graduate. We're never going to live with each other again. Like, you know, my one friend was going to med school. My other friend was debating going to the Peace Corps. I was going to law school. It was very much like the next couple years, we were going to see each other like once every couple months. So it's like, we have to jump off this bridge. So I get up there and my two friends jump. And that's when I remembered something very crucial about myself. I'm afraid of I'm afraid of heights and I don't know how to fly. I'll get to that part in a second. Um, So I hopped my little ass back over the bridge and I decided I wasn't going to do this anymore. Then I proceeded to get cussed out from the water by my friend Julia, who I hope to have on this podcast someday because I want her to talk about like she's a sign language interpreter and she also did a lot of like undergrad work um, with hurricanes and like relief aid. I'll let her tell more of that story when the appropriate time comes, but she's cussing out from the water. And she didn't land right. She had bruises all of her legs during graduation. This was also like three days before we graduated, by the way. Um, All of her legs. This, and honestly, seeing the way that she landed, I was like, oh, F no, I'm not getting into the water. But after another girl rubbing my back and like doing some soothing affirmations, I get up there with my other friend, Autumn, because when I didn't jump, Autumn immediately climbed over with me. And then I was like, I'm just going to do a running start and I'm just going to jump off this bridge. Let me tell you something about jumping off a bridge. You do not fall as quickly as you do. There was a moment where I was like, open my eyes. I'm like, oh, damn. I'm still not close to the water. What a thrill, though. It was nothing like the other times in my life I've attempted to fly. When I was nine, I thought that when they said the Warner Brothers, they were going to be calling me the Alexia no sister because my sisters were too smart to jump out of trees with me i tied a trash bag around my neck 
not smart. And then I jumped out of a tree. I've never broken a bone. I have bruised my ribs. I have rolled many ankles and I have been screamed at, why would you tie something around your neck? And then when I got to college, then when I got to college, the longer that I went without talking to a man, because I do believe in spiritual cleanses, not for like any sort of like celibacy is the bomb sort of reason or anything like that. I just think it's good to not have a man in your ear. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just don't want to hear anything at all. And those were the times that I got close to levitating. And I firmly be- and I firmly believe that if I had just continued on this life path, if I hadn't um, met the love of my life and I had just had not talked to a man for like five years, my bones would grow hollow like a small avian animal and I would be in the sky. I would be Icarus, except for I wouldn't be dumb enough to let my wings melt. And I'm bringing this up because I have a lot of listeners, and I know I'm not the only person who thinks this way, and so I'd like to hear from you. Do you believe you've come close to achieving human flight the longer you've gone without kissing a boy? Now, this begets an important question. What about the little lesbians? And I have to... I'm pausing because I'm trying to figure out how to word this correctly. Sapphic love is a beautiful, treasured thing. But sapphic love does not lead to flight. If the only ingredient to not flying was kissing boys, then we would have many winged lesbian angels and bisexuals and pansexuals floating through the sky, but we do not. I guess I should remedy this and say that either A, lesbians just can't fly, and that could very well be true, or B, maybe it's just about being alone the closer you get to human flight. I will say that like there's a reason why the NBA players do better when they're not smashing Instagirls. Like when they were all in that little COVID bubble, And when there were serious repercussions for letting girls in, and I don't feel bad for any of them. They're like, oh my god, this girl caught me up. She got me pregnant. What? Yeah. You're not talking to a a, a nice girl from a good family with a good background who's ready to settle down with kids. You're talking to someone who's put the average American's annual salary into her face alone, not even counting the work she's got on her boobs and, and butt. I almost said boobs and breast. And she's DMing you saucy pictures at 2 a.m. You thought that was going to be your wife? You thought she was going to have maternal instinct? Like, when Brittany Renner said that athletes are the easiest to trap and then she proceeded to do it herself, she was wrong, but she was also funny. And most devastatingly for the people um, who were really mad about what she said, she was correct they are i mean candy from a baby at least babies have the the motor reflex you put a really bad bitch with a fat ass or just a particularly light-skinned latina who says the n-word people go crazy but that's the best that they ever played when they weren't around those girls so there's something to be said about that 
And I think it was just really important that I say it today. The next thing that I want to talk about, the real meat and potatoes of this episode, is I think the internet should only be an aspirational space. I think it should only be a place for your highlight reels. And I get very sick of the push for authenticity. You remember that episode I did um, a couple weeks ago, months ago? And we talked about the problem with relatability, this idea that influencers need to divulge their current secrets because what people really want to bond over is misery and making sure that they don't feel like while you're pedestalized, you feel like you're better than them or they don't like to see... Like, while I think it can be comforting to know that, oh my god, even this beautiful supermodel has insecurities, there's a certain threshold you cross when you're a content creator. Because when celebrities divulge, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes with my hands, personal things about themselves, first of all, that's not really authentic, no matter how much the setting makes it seem. I know podcasts make people feel like, oh, these celebrities, they're just going on and being more raw. But like, no, any celebrity that's number one on the billboard, even Renee Rapp, I don't know why people pretend like Renee Rapp has no media training. Renee Rapp is playing today's version of Regina George. She has an outspoken spirit. And I like her music. She has an outspoken spirit. Um, The way that she acts in public was a calculated team by herself and the PR team. She's not just completely going off the cuff. She's simply playing into existing elements of her personality. And so no matter how candid these celebrities are, it is the nature of celebrity to only reveal um, what they can handle. It's why the blind items, which I don't know, are blind items really fascinating? To me, no. But it's why the blinds and like the tabloids are so salacious to people because it really is the unveiled ugly truth that most people wouldn't want released about themselves. And so when you have content creators who have really big platforms or small platforms trying to chase this authenticity, this relatability, what ends up happening is they don't have the protection of celebrity. They don't have the insular wealth 99% of the time. They don't have the circle that can protect them from the repercussions. Um, Getting on the internet and revealing certain things will impact your employment opportunities and you don't know how long you'll be able to make content for. I'm talking about this because I think everyone has either watched or heard of um, Miss Risa Tisa, a TikTok user who overnight became a household name with her 50-part series, Who the Fuck Did I Marry? In the series, which I didn't watch, I only caught a synopsis, um, but in the series, she details getting together with her scammer ex, Legion, who did a bunch of crazy things, telling her that he, you know, loved her and moving into her house within two weeks. Notably, this was COVID. I think that's an important part of the story that, like, quarantine had just happened. So I guess that made her feel more comfortable with how quickly things were moving. Um, then he tells her he gets pre-approved for this almost million dollar mortgage then he takes her to car lots and keeps having her drive these really expensive cars just to put her up in a nissan which there's nothing wrong with being put up in a nissan or i think a similar car of that ilk but she was going to the dealership and driving audis and so he was clearly lying about his financial situation they get pregnant she has a miscarriage which is you know very unfortunate they end up getting married then she finds out that all these phone calls he's been taking with his family members he's actually just talking to himself which to me is the most of I keep hitting my mic because I use my hands to talk emphatically 
but she ended up revealing so much personal information about herself that people were actually able to identify her ex and her ex now has a small but burgeoning platform where he's telling his side of the story and then some really disturbing medical information about you know stigmatized diagnoses that he may have how does that affect Risa Tisa's health and so yeah she got a million followers and even mainstream celebrities are talking about her and I'm sure she'll get some like like I saw a cut article um, or New Yorker summarizing her 50 part series so I'm sure this will become a pop culture moment but she doesn't have the clout in society to protect her from this backlash and anyone who does this well on social media the backlash is coming particularly because when you make content on social media but I think especially on TikTok you're not received or you're not perceived as a person, you're perceived as a point of entertainment. And the larger your platform goes, grows, the more disconnected people become from you as a person with a life and thoughts and feelings who's either doing this as a hobby or their full-time job. They don't think about it. Like you are just a person they see on their screen while they're pooping or while they're trying to take a mental break, which basically means that you are no longer a person. And so people start to speak to you as if they're as if you're their personal Barbie doll, like, oh, you shouldn't wear that because you look fucking ugly and blue. And it's like, wow, you would not talk to me like that if we were just seeing each other in person. Or they become very angry when the trajectory of your life doesn't go according to how they think your story arc should go because it's not your life. It's not your traumas. It's not your real life experience that you're working out while simultaneously recording yourself you are now a production and people think that ring lights and good editing um, takes away the human element and that you should follow a satisfying story arc and that that satisfying story arc should also wrap up in the same time frame it takes everyone to move on from public scandals no matter how bad someone gets lashed on TikTok and I do think the lashings on TikTok are in particular worse than any other platform but no matter how bad someone gets lashed on TikTok it never lasts for longer than a month and a month is really pushing it most people get a week two weeks and then people move on um and so when you don't resolve a scandal especially on TikTok when you don't apologize for a big big thing you've said even if that bigotry is a result of like a lifelong belief if you don't reconcile that within the two-week period that everyone's talking about you dragging you perhaps crossing the line depending on what you said wasn't really that bad then that suddenly justifies this flagellation of like oh well her life's a mess and I'm getting tired of her bitching about this as if someone else could be tired about the life that you experience and you're just simply telling them about and as if they don't have the ability to block and scroll and I think that's the weirdest thing about the way we talk about content creators as if they're celebrities there is no dedicated industry pushing certain creators on your screen the way that there is a dedicated industry pushing certain celebrities into the public consciousness if someone is genuinely popping up on your algorithm over and over and over again it's because the algorithm decided that you liked them and if you disagree with that you can tell the algorithm a you're not interested or b just block them outright we're now at a point in 2024 when almost every social media platform has a good blocking feature because, you know, three years ago, if you block someone on Twitter, you would actually just see them again and again and again and again. That's not the case, which is at least one perk of what I now refer to as the Nazi fantasy website and part of the reason why I'm really straying away from going on there.
compare this to the dedicated celebrity industry where like the one celebrity you see a team is behind them multiple brand deals stylists like it takes effort to push someone in the public consciousness and so it makes sense why people are like oh i'm so sick of seeing this person i'm so sick of hearing about bradgelina or taylor swift and travis kelsey blah 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 because yeah there's a team making sure that they're culturally relevant but people assign that same sort of social power to creators and then take it out on the creator when they can't manage their own feelings about them which is why i caution again and again and again both for the regular person and the creator that i think it's a really bad idea to try to go in with this vulnerability particularly when you don't have that cultural protection i, I really hope this makes sense the next thing is that I think the, I, I just don't understand why everyone can't be satisfied with like social media has always been a highlight reel. For as long as people have been posting on social media, people upload their best moments. Yeah, some people want to upload pictures of them crying, but most people just want to keep it to like, hey, I got engaged. Nobody wants to mention that like, and my fiance and I fight all the time. And I know some people can only soothe themselves by assuming that everyone's life sucks as much as theirs do or but that is like a genuinely bad coping mechanism. If you can only cope with your own internal misery by assuming that misery is the default of the world, I think that actually prevents you from getting better. I think when you can look at someone who has more joy or better things in you and say, okay, well, it's possible for them. Why not for me? It truly is that meme with the two guys on the train. One guy is looking out into the sunset um, and the other guy is looking, you know, despondently down at the train and they're both thinking the same thing. Either life has no meaning, that's my favorite example of the meme, or life has no meaning, everything sucks. It really is just about your perspective and I think that perspective that everyone is suffering and so that there can be no joy, that authenticity is misery and joy is contrived, it's very, very dangerous. I think it promotes this widespread negativity and you know what maybe this is just my own exhaustion of the internet but like the negativity is killing me like one thing I noticed when I took my social media break and one reason why it's kind of been hard to return to Twitter I think the same way that I was in 2023 why I'm not sure if I'll ever go back is because there's just such like a genuine brain rot like an actual negativity that seeps into your brain to watch like a friend group of like four or five people and be like you know that they have like the worst fights their group chat where four of them talk about the other one it's so negative and nasty and it's like I don't like I can't I I just don't think I can go through life like that like kind of referencing back to that whimsy isn't lost episode but like that is becoming too much especially in our current climate and it feels like if you don't respond to what's going on in like a very like I think I think it is very chronically online to look at atrocities and be able to instantly process atrocities and then respond in a snarky manner or have discourse about said atrocities like to me that has always felt a little crazy um a United States serviceman self-emulated meaning he set himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy I believe in Atlanta um, I'll provide a news article because I know just off the top of my head I'm not giving it the full details that it needs but his last words were like free Palestine or something referencing the Palestinian genocide and I saw this girl make a video and he hadn't even been like 
13 hours since the news broke and I know that the video is circulating like I know that it was filmed I saw at least the footage of like him being put out people trying to save him is you know he obviously was burning so it was very horrible it's hard to watch I mean I have a hard time with the violence in Game of Thrones so like that really shattered me and I was just like this girl was being really snarky and she's like for you to even imply that like that wasn't an act of like bravery like you're just and it's like whoa like how are you able to process this horror that quickly and and I don't know if you're really processing it that you can turn around and then turn it into like an online discussion post with the same snark and almost the same sincerity that I would talk about people who use a makeup brand that I don't like or root for a sports team that I kind of despise like the Baltimore Ravens or the New England Patriots with that sort of same like banality and like cashing in on like devastating political or cultural events as like so you can become a woke scold to other people and I'm not saying this in a Joe Rogan like oh the left is so I mean this in like a how is this not rattling you to your core that you can respond like this I only think that through being constantly exposed to this like micro traumatic material over and over and over and over again can you look at these sins of the human nature and then quickly move on and process them and talk about them like it's not a huge deal it's weird it's so that coupled with like the negativity coupled with the fact that like everyone has to justify their happiness on social media by providing footage of the negative otherwise you don't feel satiated because it's everyone else's problem that you're a grown adult because I think it's one thing and I think children should be told that nothing on the internet is real sort of in the same way that like I remember as a young girl it was explained to me that models were retouched and magazines were engaging in a high level of like photoshop and just kind of dishonesty about what the models themselves look like and so that helped me not feel bad about my body because I was like okay well Chanel and Mon doesn't even look like this in real life and even get to a close of a fraction of the way that she looks she's having to go through some extremes that honestly just aren't appealing to me so yeah I do think it should be explained to children that like you know people are only posting their best moments I use the phrase highlight reel because my art teacher in high school very firmly explained to us that like Facebook is not real because people are only uploading albums of all the fun they've had with their friends nobody uploads albums of what they did when they were home alone because they were friendless and they didn't get invited to a party and that helped my perspective immensely but when you're an adult it is kind of your responsibility to gather yourself and say this is affecting me mentally and instead of gathering everyone else you have to tell me everything that's going wrong in your life maybe just log off I don't know I think I think this is the year that I'm starting to think more critically about what is it doing to me mentally to be this online and how can I fix that about myself I would love to hear your perspective on this topic um going back to that point again I was not joking anything I said about human flight I would love to know your thoughts and tune in next week I love you so much. Thank you for listening and thank you for bearing with me as I produce this episode late. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Hot Weird Girl. That's girl with a zero instead of an I. Till next week. Bye.